Bibles, uh, once again, if you would please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Did you all know that someone's going to give this ministry a one-time offering of $100,000? It's going to come to pass. You know, for years we, uh, we confessed that someone was going to give this church a one-time offering of $50,000. Do you know it came to pass? That offering was $90,000. We were believing for fifty. dollars God does exceedingly, abundantly above. So we just picked it up, started confessing. It might be you. Praise God. All right, somebody's got enough faith to take it, and God will make it, make it happen for them. So uh, where are we going? We're going to Ephesians chapter 6 to our visitors and returning guests. We've been in a series on Sunday mornings, I believe at the Lord's direction, uh, in a teaching on the armor of God. But he said to me specifically, keep this teaching and the flow of it connected to the prayer life. And so we're going to endeavor to do that. And now why would we do that? Well, if you read the passage that we're going to read again, it becomes evident, okay, of why that is so. And let's just bow our heads quickly and pray and ask the Lord to get involved with us and we'll launch out. Father, we thank you that you're with us, you're in us, you're here. I know the people, they didn't come to hear from me. They're smarter than that. We want to hear from you, me included. And so I just ask, Father God, my heart is to just step, step aside, if I could, out of my fleshly being. And I just give you my mind and my body, my thoughts, my spirit. Use me as a vessel. We make a demand on that wonderful office of ministry called the pastor and the teacher and everything else you put in me. I thank you that it's available to these, your people. That God, I thank you that you're anointing them to draw on that gift. They've come with an open heart and a a mind that is eager to be renewed. And they've got an intention to not just be a a message hearer, but someone who is faithfully applying your word to their life. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're uh, at work about in our lives. Father, thank you for living big in every family, in every life. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul, concluding this letter, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. I want to point out again, God didn't say anything to us through Paul about being strong in and of ourselves. I'm trying to be strong, Pastor. That's your problem. Be strong in the Lord. He's got all the strength you need. In fact, the Amplified Bible of this says, uh, be empowered through your union with Him. And so through our union with Him, you know the, a branch that's properly connected to the trunk of the tree isn't struggling for nourishment. It just draws. The root's doing all the work. The branch just simply stays connected and receives. And so as we stay connected in a living, vital union with Jesus, we are partaking of all of the hard work of the root. Amen, our Savior. And He supplies all the strength that we will ever need. I can do, the t-shirt said, right? The Bible said, all things through Christ which strengthens me. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now it's been interpreted, I totally agree with it that this phrase be strong in the Lord could be interpreted this way be strong in the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was with and the word was God meaning Jesus is the living word 
Be strong in the Lord means be strong in His Word. Being strong in the power of His might uh, is a reference, I believe, to being strong in the power of the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity. Amen? And so we need both supplies. Glory to God. That's why we want to be a Word and Spirit church. We don't want to be a church that just comes and hears teaching. We want to experience the the full uh, ministry of the Holy Ghost as He wills it. Amen? We don't want to be, you know, the first church in West Paducah, the extreme and the weird, but we're contending for biblical balanced experiences with our Father. And it might look weird to some people sometimes when the power of God comes on a human to dance or to run or whatever, but it's biblical. And we're all about it. So uh, anyway, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole, not part of it, not two or three pieces, but the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes, the strategies of the devil. So to say what I've said before, uh, praise God, this would uh, tell me that if I do this, I'll be able, but if I don't, I won't that you might be able. Now he's writing to people who are already right with God, already born again, already going to heaven. But that doesn't mean that if they don't do the right thing on the earth where the devil is the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, little g, that one verse will answer for you, why all the evil, why is all this, why, why? Because the God of this world is not God yet. I could get off on that thing, this extreme thought, this extreme teaching that God is in charge of everything. He isn't. God is not in charge of everything going. That would mean that uh, God was directly behind the murder that happened, the rape that happened, the foreclosure on someone's home, the, the suicide, the death. Come on. But yet people, they, they, they try to comfort themselves in what they're going through by saying God's behind it and therefore it must be good. No, when Adam sinned and committed high treason against God, he took the keys of the earth away and he, he tossed them into the hands of God's adversary, the devil. And that is the moment where Satan, a fallen angel, became the God little g of this world. Now, He's not my God and He's not your God. Thank God Jesus came and redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. He delivered us out of the authority of the kingdom of darkness, translated us over into the kingdom, the domain, the authority of God's own Son, but we're still living on a planet run and ruled and dominated by sin and Satan. And so remember that. Just get this down. If it's bad, it's the devil. If it's God, it's good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father of lights. Amen. But if something bad happened, if you were stolen from, you had a tragedy, some sort of loss, a disappointment, uh, a death, a sickness, whatever, I don't care. It was authored. It came from, if you want to be mad, be mad. If you want somebody to to blame, there's someone to blame. The devil and people who cooperate with the devil. Man, I was frustrated. I was standing in my wife and I standing in faith. We needed that big property we had to sell. I mean, we needed it like 
yesterday and we were standing and standing and standing and we'd gotten a contract on it and we were moving forward. And then I'm not going to name his name, but uh, the, the man that did the inspection on our home for the buyer, you know, that's standard, you know, it's no problem. They wanted, you want to know what you're getting. So they hired an inspector and my realtor, when, when she told me who they'd hired, she just told me, Chris, you need to pray, pray, because this guy is not right and he doesn't like me. Well, long story short, he went in and lied. He was, I'm saying this on live stream, I don't care. He lied, he was unethical. He, he falsified, he, he, he painted the wrong picture. He acted, he acted like he told those buyers the south end of my house was falling down. Well, the very next day when all this happened, the deal fell apart. Listen, that was, that, I needed that. And God knew I needed that. And we were standing in faith for that. And we lost it. Because God is sovereign and in charge of everything? No, because the devil is out there opposing everything I'm trying to do. And he's got people that work for him. That yield to him. That do things like he does, like lie and cheat and sabotage and do unethical things. And, you know, I, I, I could have sued this guy according to what I got legal counsel from through a third party. Just totally unethical. And, uh, but uh, we just, you know, the, the deal fell through. And, but what I did is I just picked myself back up. What are you going to do? We just gathered ourselves. It was like a spiritual punch in the gut. My whole family felt it. For about 24, 48 hours, we were, we were just dealing with this black cloud of oppression wanting to try to come in on us that we'd lost something precious. And it, it took uh, more money and time. Anyway, the day after that, that was what I was going to say, I, I hired my own inspector. I hired my own independent inspector. I didn't tell him nothing, but I said, I want to know everything's wrong with this house. He didn't say nothing was wrong about the south side of my house like it's falling down. I asked him specifically. That guy wrote on the report, I'm not even going to try to open this garage door because it's so dangerous and so old that it's going to fall. I thought I might get hurt. He just lied. I don't know how come I'm off on this, but I'm just telling you, this is just a practical thing that people deal with every day. We deal with it at the workplace. There's a racism deal that's real. There's a discrimination that's real. But it's the devil in people. I said it's the devil in people. We hadn't read it yet, but we will. We wrestle not against... That's what I had to remember. I better just forgive that guy. The one I'm really mad at, I don't have to forgive. That's the devil. I heard some preacher saying that apparently there's a teaching out there or a preacher out there saying that even God loves the devil. I'm like, no. No, God don't love the devil. I mean, if you can hate anybody, you can hate the devil. It was the devil that killed my mother. It was the devil that killed my grandparents. Hello. You'd be mad. I feel for kids and they're sitting there at a funeral and their mother's in the casket, their daddy's in the casket. Some preacher gets up and said, well, God needed another angel in the choir. And I'm sitting there, I want to get up and say, no, kids, that's not right. Why would you want to serve a God like that? Killed your mama. God didn't cause the miscarriage. He's not, a, he's not out killing babies in the womb. We can tell these kids at the funerals, there is some, if you're mad, 
You ought to be mad. And there's someone to be mad at. And his name's the devil. What you need to do is rise up and be all that God called you to be. Put on the whole armor of God. Pick up the sword and let's, let's go get him. Right? Religion hasn't taught us this though. Religion has taught us that, you know, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. If, it's, if it happens to me, it was God. No, it might have just you being... Something, something. Right? Oh, it just so freed me when I figured this out. That, that, that what I knew in my heart was backed up by scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that the God that made me loves me and He's good. And He's nothing but good. But He put man on the planet to be in charge. And we can't just abdicate our responsibility to God for everything. If you want a blessed life, you can have it. If you want to have the the strong anointing on your life, you want to have the blessing of God, you want to walk in healing, you want to walk in power, you want to cast out devils, you want to fulfill the will of God, you can do it like I'm doing it, but you're going to have to wear out Bibles like I wore out Bibles. You're going to have to stop listening to the honky-tonk, start turning on Brother Hagin or me or somebody who knows something about the Bible and begin to develop yourself spiritually. And I am continuing to update my request to heaven that before the angel throws the devil in the pit for a thousand years, I want ten seconds in front of him. I'd like to spit in his eye and give him a gut punch for killing my mother at 58. I don't know what you're requesting, but I just want a few minutes. Just a set, not even now, just give me ten seconds in front of the devil before you throw him in. But every day until that day, I'm going to make the devil pay by living my life for God. And as we sang about today, I'm going to stand in the authority he purchased for me. And I'm not going to let a single redemptive blessing go unused in my life. You don't want your healing? I'll take it. You don't want your victory? I'll take it. You want to struggle because... Fine. But you don't have to. God is not your problem. He's your answer. And I know and I'm beginning to see like Dr. Jacobs is that there is a generation of young people who are figuring this out. There is a generation of very young people who are having their eyes opened. And they are just going to flat believe what the Bible says about them. And they are going to lead many of us in great exploits for God. Hallelujah. I'm still a young man myself, but I, I just want to equip them, empower them, and watch them and fan their flame. Don't wait, young person. Don't wait till you think, oh, I've got to be 30 before I can do nothing. No, no. You may not make it to 30. We're going to get caught away soon. I'm just trying to pre- read these scriptures. <laughs> Somebody lit a fire under pastor this morning. Yeah. Well, look at verse 11 again. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able. So if you feel beat up, you know, lately in your Christian life, it's probably because you're not wearing your armor like you should. 
Nothing about the Christian life is to make you immune from battles. It's to equip you for them. If you thought when you got saved that you're going to get saved so all your problems would cease. (laughs) And And if you think that if you'll just live in the perfect will of God and go all out for devil that it's going to be cranberries and cupcakes and roses, you got another thing coming because the moment you really start getting serious about your walk with God, the bell goes off in hell and you get an extra demonic assignment. But that shouldn't back you off because the armor we've got... Come on, I like the movie. I don't like all the carnality and some of that stuff, but I like that Iron Man suit. Because out, you know, Robert Downey Jr., outside of that, he is just a man. But when he calls Jarvis, when he, in that movie, when he pushes that button and the suit comes out of the watch, and he's in that suit, he is a different man. Well, the new man in Christ is an iron man. Come on. Captain America has nothing on the new man in Christ. The new woman in Christ. But even Iron Man's got to push the button. Thor's got to pick up the hammer. Captain America's got to pick up his shield. Praise God. I'm going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, not because I'm anything, but because I'm dressed for battle. Are you? Are you dressed for battle? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Believer, remember that when you face situations like I do, where you want to take a guy out and beat the H-E-L-L that is in him, out of him, don't. Because pastor, I have to come spend tithe dollars to bail you out. (laughs) Just remember the source of that opposition is not natural. It is spiritual. Whatever cursed thing you've seen run in your family, I don't care if it's addiction or drug abuse or pornography or whatever, divorce or whatever thing, listen, just forgive those people. Forgive your mom, forgive your dad, forgive grandpa, forgive them all. They just weren't taught what you were taught. They just didn't, maybe they just did the best they could, but they don't know, amen? But it, there's, a, there's a demonic power behind that, yeah. inspiring yeah. those demonic actions. Jesus uh, told Brother Hagen in one of those 1950, uh, 51, 50, whatever it was, visions uh, about the devil. He said, anytime, one of my children, anytime, I don't care what it is, Jesus said, if they're being harassed, uh, uh, lied about, Uh, embarrassed, dogged out by any person in life, know there's a demon behind it. Tell my people they cannot deal with the person. Not your job to deal with the person. Not your job to walk into your boss and say, you fooled the devil. That's just, (laughs) that's not your ball. That's not your job. Not your job. What your job 
is to do is to recognize that God has given you power and authority to go right around them to deal with the root of that thing. Yes. And so what you can do is you can say, now I speak. You can do this in the shower. You, you can do this in the, in the prayer closet, in, the, in your car, on your break, when you're wanting to be in the flesh. You say, no, no, Father, I know my, my battle is not with flesh. It is not with blood. It is with that demonic power. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to you, you foul spirit that is working through X, Y, Z against me. And I command you to cease and desist in all your maneuvers in the name of Jesus. Now you go out and begin to really practice that. Don't try it. Do it. Use the name of Jesus. I remember we had a uh, years and years ago, it was just second or third year, we had a minister that was very close to us, my first spirit-filled mentor, quote, unquote, that's a big phrase right there, prophesy, uh, that, that I missed it in moving my family here and coming to Kentucky. And it just launched me out into such a pit of fear and confusion. And, and uh, long story, it just proved out to be wrong. But as that thing, he just would not stop harassing me. I, it got to where I was afraid to go to my mailbox. That's a, you're in a bad way. I don't care. You know, people are afraid to go to their mailbox because they know there's a bill they can't pay in there, you know, uh, or whatever. But I, in that season, was afraid to go to my mailbox because I was likely to get another 10 or 15 page letter written to me to tell me what kind of worm and dogged out person I was and how if I didn't listen to him, I'm going to, my literally would say things like, I, Faith was a toddler at that time, and he would say, I'm just telling you a true story. He would write things like, I prophesied a similar thing as a prophet to so-and-so, and they had a little girl about the age of yours, and he wouldn't listen to me, and they died in the crib. She died in the crib. You know, listen, God doesn't speak like that. God is not, God is not trying to intimidate you through fear tactics. Now, He'll warn you. But anyway, and I'm just dealing with this, and it just got, I'll tell you how bad it got. It got so bad, we blocked him on every way we could block him, right? But he would go to Yahoo, and he would create a, a, a Yahoo account, and instead of, you know, minister such and such at yahoo.com, it would be, you're a false pastor at yahoo.com, because he knew I would delete the email. And so, my staff is getting harassed. I can't go to the office. I can't even invite a guest minister. The first guest minister I invited in the aftermath of all this to try to help me was Dr. Ed Dufresne. Because I knew I needed a real prophet. Because I am messed up in my brain. And we pick him up first time. Dr. Dufresne, pick him up in Paducah. And we're going to take him to lunch. And he's in the back seat. And we don't get from the airport to the mall. And he speaks up in the back seat and says, Well, do you know a minister and name this guy's name? And I went, Oh... Man, because I had a plan. I wasn't going to say nothing about nothing. But I'm believing God that when this prophet gets in my pulpit, God is going to use him to either affirm me or let me know that I need to leave. Well, he just ruined my plan. He named this minister. And I just, I said, Father, help me. To, how do I respond? I, this is what I said. I said, well, sir, I do know him. 
uh, he's been a mentor of mine, and we have had a falling out, and I believe in for reconciliation. That's all I said. I tried to say just as little as possible. Try to preserve my plan. But I knew it was shot. And so his response, doctor's response was, well, he sure knows something about you. Or thinks he does. Wrote me a 13-page letter about you. And for several years, every guest minister I brought in got one of those letters. Now, see, none of that prospered. He, he slandered me in the area of trying to keep the ministry gifts from me being able and, and to taint my reputation with them before I could even know them. None of it prospered. You know what happened? Dr. Dufresne became a spiritual father. Long story, but I mean, it just got crazy, the harassment. And I'm living with this every day. I, I hadn't even formally connected. This is the conversation where I formally connected with Dr. Dufresne. I called him up. I'd just gotten another crazy email. And I said, I don't know what to do. I need help. I, I just, I don't know how to make this stop. And he told me that story about Brother Hagin, about what Jesus told him, that any person that's being harassed, embarrassed, hindered from another person it's satan behind it you can't deal with a person but you've got authority to deal with the spirit behind it right. dr Dufresne on the phone from california wherever he was in the world he said a very simple prayer he said now i speak to you foul spirit you harassing spirit that is hindering pastor cody and his wife in his ministry through this man you cease and desist in all your operations in the name of jesus and after that, I said, Doctor, could I be your spiritual son, please? You know, I just said, I, I said it a different way. But he goes, oh, yeah, God's already talked to me about you, son. And that was the birth of that wonderful relationship. But here's what I, I told you all that to get to this where I could say this to you. All of that harassment went down from 112% to 3% overnight. It didn't completely stop. Instead, In fact, I know now Mark, <laughs> Mark's been such a blessing because from a tech standpoint, he keeps the guy out of my way. And if he's tried to get, I don't even want to know because I'm just living with my good self. I just, but I appreciate people like that. But uh, I mean immediately. It didn't all go away just, just 100%, but I mean, it was different after that. Now, the little bit that's left, that person has a will, right? But that spirit behind it got dealt with. Take my story, you might find your answer in there. Now, there's multiple ways to deal with a bully at school. You could call Brother Jerry. He and I and Brother Russell, we'd be happy to help you. But you could even be more skillful. Young people, deal. Deal with the spirit that's working through that person at school. Amen. Deal with it. Wives, you might want to work this on your husband. You know, you'd be born again, have born again husband, but he's still unrenewed in his mind and unwittingly yielded the devil. Hey, husbands, maybe you could take authority over that nagging spirit. 
I can see some husbands. Now in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of nagging, you cease and desist in all your operations against me. <laughs> but I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah, don't do it in their presence. It's a good word, mom. Thanks. The mom of the house is helping. It's a good word. <laughs> we may not get to my real message. This is the message. It's the real message. <laughs> Mine wasn't the real message. This is the real message. Listen, remember he, all of the armor, we're not going to end up talking about that specific piece again today, but all of the armor is connected to praying. He goes on and talks about all the pieces of the armor and then he culminates it by saying praying always. Part of praying is taking a place in the spirit with all your armor on and dealing with the devil. That word stand against literally means to vigorously, aggressively um, hold at bay. You can't get rid of a spirit of the devil. Because he's got a legal right. Those demons, they have a legal, until Jesus comes back and runs them off, they have a legal right to be in the earth. Right? But it's your job to hold the evil at bay. I didn't ask for coronavirus. You didn't either. But I'm not scared of it. You want to know why? I can hold it at bay. I don't have control over where it all goes out there. But this is my house. This is my house in the name of Jesus. And no plague shall come nigh this dwelling. You have the same authority everywhere you go. You, I have no greater authority over you, over you spiritually. I don't have an upgraded authority because I'm a pastor and you're a layperson. I don't. Maurice has got the exact same name of Jesus. The, the demons will tremble just as much when he utters the name of Jesus as me. Learn to not stop, stop this, all this whimpering spiritually over what you're going through over there. Buck up. Buck up, girl. Come on. Buck up moms and dads. And just point your finger at that invisible devil. See yourself where you are, far above him. Ephesians 1 says you're seated with Christ. Ephesians 1 and 2, He's seated far above all those demonic powers, and you and I are seated in heavenly places with Him right now today. And you got that seat. When did you get that seat? You got that seat the moment you got born again. Tax comes against your finance. Oh, no, you don't. Tax comes against your mind. No, no, you don't. My mind is no longer your playground. You foul, and again, maybe don't do it. Husbands in your wife's presence. But you get off by yourself, I, no more lust. You foul spirit of, no more. My mind is not for you. But you got to talk. You got to stop crying. Stop wishing these things would go away and fight. Fight. Put your armor on and fight. What I wanted to say about this, we've been talking about individual situations, family situations, personal situations. 
But what about cooperating with God and us coming arm in arm together as a body of Christ and let's deal with this devil coming against our nation. This is our nation. Is it not? This is our state. This is our nation. This this nation was founded by Christians to worship God. There are people who want to wipe that off from our history, but this nation was founded by Christians who wanted a place where they could be free to worship God. This is God's nation. And this is our nation. Why doesn't God help us? He's waiting on us to use the authority He gave us. I don't want communism to take over. You know it's a spirit behind that. Because communism brings oppression. It brings poverty. It brings enslavement. Wake up, young people. It's not what you think it is. Socialism is not what you think it is. They tried that in Venezuela. They're all eating out of dumpsters now. They're burning their currency for fires at night because their money's not worth anything. Yeah, they're all equal now. They're all equally enslaved, equally impoverished, equally uh, poor. And there is a party. Again, our party, I'm not, you know, there's a party that, that has opened itself up to, in a greater way, the influence of the spirit of socialism and communism than the other party. The other party's got demonic problems too. But you need to be discerning. My God, white people, don't vote your color. But my God, black people, don't vote your color. Please don't vote your color. Guys, don't vote your gender. And women, don't vote your gender. What do they want to do? What are their policies? I get, people get mad. Maybe they don't say it to me. Thank God they don't. But people get mad at me for saying it. I just don't see color. God's helped me not to see color. I just have never understood. Oh my God, I am just so excited to vote for someone because they have the same skin color as me. What do they believe? I'm looking forward to the day where I can stand and salute a woman black, Asian, whatever, and if I have to fight and die in a war for that president, I'm ready. But I will never, male, white, young, old, I don't care what you are, if you're going to kill babies in the womb, I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not going to vote for you. Well, it'll be the first woman ever. I mean, what are you thinking? You could celebrate that while they enslave you and take all your freedom away. If I had a step, I'd get up on here and... I want to shake people. Culturally, I understand what it would mean from me, But oh my God. Jesus is up there going, I'm going to have to hold him accountable for that. We should close, huh? (laughs) We need...
to come together and use our authority, not only to get the devil off our back. Listen, if we don't join together and get a higher view, a bigger picture view, and be willing to come together and form up ranks in prayer, and hold at bay the forces of evil that would enslave us all, and pray, that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. And then you better hope to God we have live stream for a while because there'll be people with guns at the door to keep you out. They do like in India, they just show up with bulldozers and wrecking crews and just push the church over. Happens every day. Is that right, Reverend Calm? Happens in his country all the time. I don't can't can come to church, you know, it's kind of dangerous. Oh, please. Say that to his dad. You'd be embarrassed. I know, I know we're all sweet and we're just thinking, but we should be embarrassed. But the governor said we can't come. I respect the governor. You know what Daniel did when they passed a decree? Well, we gotta obey the decree. Daniel didn't. Daniel didn't. They signed a decree that for the 90 days or 30 days you shall pray unto no other God but unto Nebuchadnezzar. You know what he did? He went home. He raised the blinds, opened the windows, made sure everybody was watching, and prayed to his God. I don't know what our brothers and sisters are doing in other states not singing because someone said don't sing, not taking communion because they said there might get... How could communion give someone the coronavirus? It's the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord represented on a holy table. My God! I'm going to enjoy the crowd I have because I don't know if you'll be back next week. You know, I'm just going to enjoy it while I go. You know, we want to, we've got to be compliant and, you know, and I just, God bless you. They said, we can't sing. Give me a mic, baby. Come on. <laughs> Romans 13 says, yeah, we, yeah we're free to, Burn stuff. Let's not get political. I'm just saying. I'm saying there are real spiritual things on the line and it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your ability to follow your dreams and start a business and come to church and have money and go where you want to go without papers. They already tried that during this COVID thing. Well, you can leave the state line, but you've got to have papers. They did that in Nazi Germany. You know that, right? Better stand up and hold fast to the liberty that you have. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, before it's taken away from you. And then your sons and daughters will have to fight a bloody war and die and have their limbs blown off to get it back. I'm not looking for accolade. I don't need you to make me feel better. I appreciate it. What I've said to you so far is God. 
It's the truth spoken in love. And I'm going to leave here and I'm going to be tempted to wonder about what I said, but I'm just not going to. Each of you are free to... This is not a cult. Doors are open. You keep coming here, I'm going to tell you the truth best I know it. I've had the honor and the privilege of meeting Kamal's dad, and I thought, I thought the first trip, well, I'm going to teach on faith because they probably need to know something about faith. Pastor David goes to telling me the story about standing up in a public square in a village to preach the gospel. And I'm going to call him the county executive or whatever, the head of the city comes with a blade about that long, comes up and pines and puts it on his neck and says, you're going to stop this meeting right now, I'm going to cut your head off. And the man said, my sword's bigger than your sword. And held up his Bible. You can't kill me. They went on and had the meeting, didn't they? I don't know if I embellish that at all. Is that pretty, pretty right? And I'm going to tell him something about faith. I want to just sit down and have him teach me. It's an apostle of God right there. Next time you see him. Well, I don't know about it. That's an apostle of God right there. We ought to be embarrassed as American Christians because we just got spoiled. And I love America. I love the... I'd, I'd die for today. And we have what we need. We don't have to go out and fight. We don't have to pick up a sword. Well, we won't have to, Brother John, if we will pray. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So don't think that your family wouldn't be affected by another civil type of unrest and different things happening. But we can fight the spiritual war with arrayed in the protective and offensive gear and we could just totally put Satan on the run and see what God wants us to see in America, the greatest outpouring of the Spirit the country and the world has ever seen. Are you with me today? It's all connected to praying. And none of us are excused. We all have a supply we need to bring. Well, I think I've gotten myself in enough trouble for today. Let's all stand to our feet. Next Sunday, we are going to host another hour of prayer for the nation. And, uh, and for the election. Now, unless you think, listen, I'm praying because I have a specific candidate I want. No. Uh, you know, I could confess to you, Trump was not my guy. Not in that primary. I didn't vote for him. And so the one that gained power, you know, I, I just don't want you to think. I just appreciate his stand for the gospel. I, you know. Even though he's not living a lot of it, he has stood for it. You know? He has 
stood for it. So, you know, what we need to do is not pray that what we want will happen in the election. We want Satan to be bound, cut off from heaven his way. We want to loose God's power and his might to have his way in the nation and in the election. And so I changed the time hour back for convenience sake. We're going to pray from 3 to 4 o'clock. Now I'm going to say up front, I have a ministry engagement after the service that I have to get to. So our prayer teams will lead that. But I will pray with you as I travel. Uh, Amen. And uh, let's bow our heads. Father, God... (laughs) 